What's up, Ortandians? Happy 2020. How are you? This is your girl, Ortandia, and this is your favorite podcast, House of Ortandia. How you guys doing on this January the 18th, 2020? Well, in Philadelphia, it is fully full of snow. It's nothing but white outside. Um, but that's cool. I don't mind snow so much. I just don't like the cold weather that it brings. But I'm good so far, you know. It's all good here with me. I pray that you are well, your family's well, your finances are well, your relationships are well, your job is well, and everything else in your life is well. Okay, let's jump right into what's in the news. First things first, I want to give mad respect to Massachusetts rep Ayanna Presley. If you don't know, um, this woman has alopecia, which is like an autoimmune disease, which is which causes hair loss. And so she had to shave all of her, all of her hair off. Beautiful woman. Black woman, if you don't know. Um, Google her. Google her. Um, she's just, she's such a, such a beautiful person. Very articulate, well-spoken, you know. And I just happened across, across this. Uh, she's known as the... You know, most little girls, little black girls who are familiar with Representative Presley, they wear little pins that says my uh, my congresswoman wears braids because her one of her brand or the staple one of her staples was she used to wear Senegalese twists all the time. And so that was her thing. That was her thing. But however, you know, you know, things change. And of course, I love how she is not trying to act like, oh, I'm, I'm lost my hair. It's all good. No, she's being very transparent. Again, if you Google her, you'll see her video. And she's saying, you know, I, I needed to do this um, for all the little girls that look up to me. But I'm not like 100% okay with it. I'm still coming to terms with the fact that I don't have any hair. You know what I mean? And so I respect that of her. Because there are millions of women all over this country, all over the world, that are, that go through alopecia. Um, maybe not to the extent to where they have to, they, all of their hair falls out. Maybe there's a patch here or a patch there, and they can still cover it. But um, I think it'll be a source of, um, I think it'll be very influential for those women, very helpful to those women that are going through it as well. Like if this U.S. you know representative can get on TV. You know, can, you know what I'm saying? And she show her very bald head when we're all used to seeing her with a head of braids. Then, you know, I can get through life. You know, I can get through this part of my life as well. And it won't be easy. You know, I'm not trying to minimize it to try to say, oh, you got alopecia, girl. You'll be fine. Because, you know, I don't I don't know that struggle and I don't want to know that struggle. Um, and so. I just wanted to big her up for being bold enough to be for being confident enough um and for caring about little girls enough and women big girls too <laughs> caring enough about women to come out and say hey this is what's happening with my body um although I haven't you know I'm not throwing a party cuz I lost all my hair but you know I am dealing with it and, you know, I want to be an example for all of those that are dealing with it as well. So I applaud um, Representative Presley for that. Wow, we're going to take a left turn, guys. You know, it's when Fashion Week jumps off, it's always 
somebody that does the most. It's always, let me be more specific. It's always a high-end brand that uses racism to create buzz about their business, whether it be Gucci, whether it be Prada, whether it be whomever. It's always somebody. Well, this spring fashion fashion show, it was the Japanese designer, or the vas- the the Vassanese, the Japanese label, and I'm probably gonna butcher it. Kome des Garcons. That's C O M M E. D-E-S-G-A-R-C-O-N-S. Okay. Let me pause. Let me not pause, but let me just take a deep breath. I feel my heart rise, my temperature rising, and my heart beating fast. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Because it's so, mm, it's so typical. It's so, it's become a a normalcy now. Like fashion, fashion, uh, spring fashion week, fall, whatever the fashion week. Let's do something racist so we can get, and like I told you guys before, um, Big Mike, Killer Mike, rather. He already said this last year. He said he knows somebody that works in the high-end brand, in one of the high-end brands, and that's what they do. He said it on national television. He said that's just what they do. They, They do something racist so that they can create this, generate all of this buzz and controversy. They'll come out with an apology later, but by that time, by between the time between the racist act and the apology, it's so much buzz around the people are going to see their products. There's a conversation about their products, their you know their pieces and all of that stuff. They'll they'll create an apology, but they've made a lot of money. Like I said, in between that time spans, they've generated a lot of income. So anyway, what have they done? They sent put sit down, clutch your pearls. Um, they sent white models down their runway with lace front cornrow wigs. Yes, you heard it. You heard it here. Their models, male, white male models, have lace front wigs on, and the wigs are corn or cornrows with the hair, the top of the hair is black and the bottom of the hair is blonde. They have yet to release a statement. Surprise, surprise. They'll probably release a statement sometime in February with this long, drawn-out apology. They'll hire somebody to be their diversity, whatever. Um, But between now and then, they will make a lot of money, create a lot of attention um, around their business. And so you guys are absolute clowns. Their name of the company, is again, it's a Japanese fashion label, and it's called Kome Des Garcons, C-O-M-M-E, capital D-E-S, capital G-A-R-C-O-N-S. Trash. Absolute trash. Mm. <sighs> Although I'm not surprised. Okay. What else is in the news? What else is in the news? Okay, let's talk about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. You know, they're moving to Canada. They've done their own form of Brexit. Um, and how do I feel about it? I understand, although I understand it, I don't really care because I don't, I don't care about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. But it's in the news, so we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to tell you why I don't care in a second. But I, I do understand it. Um, from what I've read, uh, Prince Harry, he blames um, the paparazzi for murdering his mother, which I don't blame him for that. Um, and he's like, I'm not going to let y'all murder my wife because it's just been nothing but vicious attacks against his wife since the day they, it's been public that, that they were dating. 
Um, of obviously, it's because she's a bir a biracial woman. Um, primarily a black biracial woman. I'm sure if she was uh, Russian and uh, Japanese, it probably wouldn't be that big of an issue. But because she is black, um, there isn't. They have an issue, and so they've been digging up stuff about her past. They've been talking to her sister, her deadbeat dad, you know, just, just digging up all kind of stuff, just throwing all kind of mud and, and just trying to destroy this woman. Um, and so he chose his wife and child over royalty. And I can, I can respect him for that. Um, and they're moving to Canada. Although I don't think it's going to make a difference. They, they will still attack him, you know, in Canada, you know, he still will get the attacks and she still will get the attacks and it's just going to be a long road. It's just going to, that's just going to be what it is. He didn't marry any of the blonde chicks that he was dating, the blonde hair, blue eyed chicks that he was dating. And they don't like that. Um, and so, Hey, here we go. You know, um, but why don't I care? I don't care for a couple of reasons. One, people try to make like she was the first black princess ever. That's a lie. There are black princess princesses all over this country. I'm not. Mm. <laughs> well, I, I don't take that. I was gonna say, I take that back. No, I don't take that back because I'm a black princess too. So I don't. I did, but <laughs> I didn't mean all over this country. I meant all over the world. There are black um, queens and princesses all over. Um, so she was not the first black. Uh, princess. So that's the first thing. Or duchess. Um, so that's one. Two, um, he had to know that. And if he didn't know, he was naive at best. He had to know that him engaging in a relationship with this minority woman, with this black woman, biracial woman, I won't disregard her um, Caucasian father, this biracial woman. He had to know that that was, that was going to come with some some backlash. Like, what you had to know that I don't I don't even understand how he could in his mind not think if I'm going to date her and marry her and create a family with her there is going to be some backlash it's going to be some hate coming our way period and so that that's the main reason I don't he had to to expect this and if he didn't he's very 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 naive and then two why don't I care um, because that doesn't do anything for me. That doesn't do her, her getting all of this popularity, if you will, um, because she's married to him. doesn't do anything for little black girls from the neighborhood. Like that, that I, I, I just, there's no, I don't see how it relates. I don't see how I don't relate. I can't relate to her in, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see how the little girl, little brown girl in the neighborhood, how that impacts. I don't see the the link between the two. So that's why I don't care. Like, I don't, and I won't, say, I'm not saying that she doesn't do anything for the community or whatever. I don't know where, I think she comes from like South Central or something. So she she's definitely from the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? But um, I just, I don't care. And it's not hate. You know, of course, I don't want nothing, no harm to come near her. And I don't like that they people are attacking her. Like I said, they're attacking her because she's black. And of course, I don't like that. But I just don't care about their relationship. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, hope they find some peace in Canada. 
They should have moved to Atlanta. Now, if they really wanted to... <laughs> they should have moved to, to Wakanda, which is used to be called Atlanta. It's called Wakanda now. They should have moved to Atlanta, right in Buckhead. Got them a nice little house. You know, a nice big house, not a nice little house. And it would. I, I just think Atlanta would have protected her and him very well. You know, we would have saw him, them hanging out with T.I. and Tiny and Candy and NeNe Leaks and, you know, people from Love and Hip Hop, Atlanta. And, you know what I mean? I, I think that would have been a better move than him, them moving to Canada. But anyway, I digress because I don't, I don't care what they're doing. <laughs> ah, I know that sounded mean for all you Meghan Markle lovers, but I don't care, boo. Anywho, moving right along. Oh, dear sweet brother, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, brother. I, I, I so want to meet him. I, I need to talk to him. I need a one-on-one with him. Because he, I was going to say he, he he is a special brand of stupid. But I won't, I won't say that. I'm just going to say he is a special brand of special. I'll, I'll say that. I'll say it that way. If you don't know, when LSU won the college football championship, he was in the locker room. You know that he graduated from, or he played for LSU. I'm not sure if he graduated or not, but he played football in LSU. He was in the locker room. He gave the guys cigars. Um, he also gave them cash money, which can compromise some of those guys' scholarship, which was, oh, good grief. Like, how can you think passing out, I don't know if he passed out, hundreds, fifties, whatever he passed out, but... These guys are NCAA scholarship student athletes. Like, I don't even understand how he didn't think that that would be a problem. But anyway, they're in the locker room. We got these kids smoking cigars. They're all celebrating. So, you know, the cop, the security, I call him, he came into the locker room like, yo, there's a no smoking policy in the Superdome. You got to put that out. So, you know, the guy, the dude is on his job, right? Is he being a jerk? Yeah, he's been a jerk. Like, let these guys celebrate. They just won the college football championship, blah, blah, blah. But, okay, at best, he was doing his job. I won't take that from him. And so here comes dear sweet brother Odell Beckham Jr. He going to smack the cop or the security guard on his behind. It wasn't a smack like, you know, college athletes, not college athletes, you know, athletes, they do that. They smack each other on the bottom. Just like a little friendly tap. No, 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 not him. Not my, my brother that has a special brain or special. He, he slapped that, he, he hit that man on his butt like he was whooping him. Like when you get, got a whooping as a kid, he hit him like that, like a get up, get up out of here. Don't tell us what to do kind of smack. And so you know where that landed him? He's now getting some assault charges. Now, I don't know if they will stick. I don't know. But he definitely going to have to pay some money. He's going to have to come out of his pocket. And it's just not worth it. Like it's, it's not just not like, eh. huh? Nobody. He doesn't have any real people in his corner. Like all the people that he, that are in his corner, his who, these people, they're not some real ones. Because if I was in his corner, I'd be like, look here, we're not messing up this bread. Uh, you, no, Charlotte, you're not messing up this bread. We ain't doing that. If you want to come, we're gonna go into the locker room. We're gonna go in the locker room. We're gonna high five them. We're gonna be like, good, good job. And we gonna walk. We getting up out of here. 
you ain't can't handing out no money. You ain't giving these mugs no cigars. You ain't smack like we ain't doing none of that. But he need a real one in his corner. Odell, look out. Call call me, homeboy. I love you. Call me. I, you need to talk to somebody that's real. Cause you got some clowns in your corner, bruh. Like, I just I don't know, man. I just wish he would grow up. But he can't grow up when he got a bunch of clowns in his corner and they, you know, they just happen to be getting money. So they're not going to check them. <sighs> I just, mm, it's crazy. It's just weird, man, the stuff that he does. But anyway, we're going to take a short, short break and we're going to come back with more what's in the news. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, thank you for turn, tur- turning back in, <laughs> tuning back in so let's get right back into what's in the news well we're going to talk about environmental racism for those of you that don't know what that is it kind of speaks for itself but it's where communities um are suffering because they are black or brown communities or you know in this instance we're, we're talking about race so they are suffering medically mentally um because of me- i'm sorry yeah medically and or mentally because of certain factors um, that are happening in their community. So there's this thing called redlining. Um, and that's where the government, there, these are governmental discriminatory practices. That's where they, there's a map of, you know, neighborhoods in your city. And they, it's called, they do, they take a red, red marker, red pen, and they redline um, those communities um, that they deem that are hazardous to real estate investors, um, dangerous areas. And so those areas become redlined and they, they don't get investors. You know, it just, it becomes a depleted, dilapidated, poverty-stricken community. Um, and it's a just another form of segregation. Uh, it's been happening since... Jim Crow era, you know what I'm saying? It's it's been it's been going on. Redlining has been going. It goes on in your neighborhood, in your I'm sorry, in your city. It goes on in my city. Um, but what they found, a research study has been done, and they found that these redline areas not only are they in extreme poverty, but they're experiencing higher level of temp, surface temperature in their communities. Um, like. It's hot. In other words, it's hotter in those neighborhoods than, say, a neighborhood with very wealthy neighborhood. And some of the reasons, some of the reasons that they're given is because where there's no green space in those areas um, to absorb some of the heat and the temperature that's coming through there. Um, so many environmental pollutants that are in there. There, you know, there are there's dumping in a lot of these communities. There are factories in these communities that are emitting all of these poisonous fumes and gases and all this kind of stuff and there's nothing to absorb them there aren't trees to absorb that stuff there aren't um grasses and flowers and all that kind of stuff there aren't tall buildings to kind of you know um kind of deflect the light if you will there just aren't those things going on and it's just it's kind of sad it let me. In, in, uh, I'm sorry. They in the, the research said that they these communities have a nine degree, um, nine degrees more Celsius than in other communities, than in the so-called cooler parts of the city of a city. 
that's crazy. Nine degrees more. So if it's, and this is surface heat. So if, if it feels like, if it's like 97 over here in this, you know, red line community over there in that community where it's lots of green space in all of this, it feels like more like 90, uh, I'm sorry, if it's 99 degrees over in his community, in this community, and over there in a the non-red line area, it feels more like 92. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, wait, what? Like that, and that's legal. Like they, I don't know that redlining is legal, but the government does it. It's not like mookie mook down the street is doing redlining. These are government officials that are doing this. Preventing, like I said, preventing um, real estate, real, realtors from coming in, real estate investors from coming in and building, preventing, uh, like I said, green spaces and all this kind of stuff. So what are some of the, the um, hmm, what are some of the side effects of that? Um, oh, no, I was, I was incorrect in, in one thing I said, I said, they don't have a lot of high buildings that can deflect the heat. That was wrong. That, I was inaccurate in that. The research says heat absorbing, heat absorbing infrastructure, such as highways and giant housing projects can make a community way hotter. So if you have high rise, if in your city they still have high rises projects, then they're absorbing a lot of the heat. Wow. And then a lot of highways and roadways. Wow. Okay. So, and then with the roadways, all the highways and roadways, roadways in those area, those cars are emitting a lot of pollution. And again, there's no green space to absorb that stuff. We're the people that live in that community. They're absorbing these fumes and pollutants. So, um, what are some of the side effects? Uh, I want to, I want to, let me see. Uh, okay. Okay, so here's some of the, some of the um, side effects of these communities having a higher degree, higher degrees of surface heat than other communities heat stroke dehydration exhaustion asthma and heart attacks asthma attacks and heart attacks that's crazy that i read that and i was like wait what and the study was done at the university of virginia um and the results of the study is being housed Uh, is it the University of Virginia? I'm sorry. I want to get the right people. Okay, no. Their study was done by research scientists at the Science Museum of Virginia. That's who conducted the study. So, what is? how can we combat that? Um, some of the suggestions that they made in research are create green spaces from abandoned lots. You know, out here in Philadelphia, there's always like a boarded up house in the house next to it where it was knocked down, maybe it burned to the ground or whatever, and now it's just a lot. So creating a green, planting trees in those areas. You know, also, um, what are some of the things that you can do? If you live in a neighborhood that's not a project, um, 
maybe they tore down the projects in your area and you know they're sometimes they're like mixed income communities where they're homes it's you know it's an impoverished community but they're all home homes maybe you can get some solar panel windows and those kind of things solar panels and install solar panels and all that kind of stuff what are some of the other things that they suggest um Mm-hmm. Air conditioning um, to cool off spaces. Mm. Well, let's see. They didn't put that was that's not a lot of suggestions. Dang. That sucks. Air conditioning and creating green spaces. Well, let's see. Can I come up with anything? I'm not an environmentalist. Um I don't know. I don't know if you guys are environmentalists or if you know environmentalists or urban farmers or anything like that. I would say or if you if you know any urban farmers, I would say reach out to them. If you know any environmentalists, Google them. They're they probably on social media. Google them. Ask some questions. If you especially if you feel like during the summer months, like this community is too hot. You know, like I said, for social media we can be your friend. You can find people that do this kind of stuff, ask them questions, get some suggestions from them. Um, but don't let the government kill you. The government is trying to kill poor people, point blank, period, especially poor black and brown people. Um, and so if they can, like I said, they already push people, poor people off into these segregated communities, which, you know, like I said, leads to high mental and physical problems, as well as um you know, violence, extreme violence and poverty and all this other kind of stuff and, you know, high pregnancy rates and just all kind of problems that are unnecessarily placed upon us. It's not like we wake, woke up one day and wanted to be in extreme poverty. Like, that's not the case. We were, we were, we are victims of segregation. And so I just say use social media, find people that you can connect with and start a community organization in your neighborhood and you guys do something to save and protect yourself, um, protect your offsprings and and all of that. Uh, I wish I had more to give, but I don't. I wish I, I you know, you know how you just wish I, you were more, you were more educated in certain things. You know, I just green space is just not my thing. I don't know environmentalism isn't my thing either. So like I said, use social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, find these people that can help you that will partner with you in your community and making your community a safer place to be. Okay, what else is going on? Well, everybody knows about the Iran US conflict that's been happening forever for decades now. But you know, it has really, the heat has really been turned up um, from last year until even until now. You know, unfortunately, a Ukrainian um, commercial airline was shot down by Iran. They thought it was a, a a U.S. commercial flight, and those people clearly were killed. So it's getting, I don't want to say it's getting, it's already gotten very dangerous, very violent, very quick, you know, very quickly, uh, even over these last few months when they stormed the U.S. embassy over in Iraq, you know, to... Now, shoot, like I said, shooting down that that flight. And so I just want to send out some prayers. Um, I want to send out some wisdom to President Trump. Um, Like, I I just pray that he would really listen to counselors 
um, spiritual counselors and military counselors who really know about this thing, who re- who are really, you know, intelligent and strategic about this thing more so than he is. And that's no shade to him, but he was never in the military. He was never, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't know anything about this, that life, if you will. So I just pray that he would listen to sound counsel and they would give him a strategic plan on how we can get through this thing, you know, without the loss of American lives and without the loss of, you know, Iranian lives or Iraqi lives, you know, with, you know, or even to minimize the loss of life. Like, how can we strategically get through this? And so I just want to definitely send out prayers to our, our Air Force, Marine, Navy, Coast Guard, Army brothers and sisters who are out there protecting us, you know, and and our allies, as well as I want to send out prayers even to Iran. You know, not all Iranians hate Americans. There are those that do. Some of them feel justified. Some of them don't even know why they hate Americans. They just do just because Um, I want to send out prayers to them as well, that they would, man, that they would. I don't I don't even know that they would just come to a point of peace in their country for their fellow country men and women that they would come to a point of peace like it's it just really sucks. You know what I'm saying? It just really really sucks. But the Bible speaks to this. There will be nation against nation, you know, that you know, it's going to be. So it's not it's not like if Iran and the in in US stop their conflict like other conflicts are going to stop. Like that's not going to be the case. But I just minimum life loss will be my prayer for both for all parties involved, especially if you have a loved one that, you know, was sent over um, that's in the military and was sent overseas. I pray for their safe return, not only physically, but their mental um, that they are in their mental right state. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of guys and girls go over there. They've in their experiencing things that they've never experienced. So and they when they come home, they're not the same mentally. Um, they term it PTSD. Um, it's it's severe trauma. It's it's some severe trauma, and so I I want that to be minimized, very much so. And so, yeah. And so I'm gonna wrap this episode up, but I have a new challenge. You guys remember last year, I tried to do a seven-day challenge. It ended up being like a 14-day challenge because I missed so many days in between those seven days. That, ah. But anywho, I'm going to do a five-day challenge. And it's, gonna, it's called Get to the Bag Five-Day Challenge. And every day starting tomorrow for five days, I'm going to talk about different fields and how those people in those different fields can make more money than they're making Um, right now, how they can expand their brand, how they can create multiple streams of income from whatever they're doing. And so you want to be, you want to stay tuned. So I'm going to shout out the the fields that I'm going to be talking about tomorrow. I'm going to be talking about my IT people. Um, Monday, I'm going to be talking about my, my cooks and personal chefs. Tuesday, I'm going to be talking about my barbers. Wednesday, I'm going to be talking about my writers. And Thursday, I'm going to be talking about my mental health and social workers. So stay tuned. Let all of these people know they want to tune into these upcoming episodes on the five day get to the bag challenge. All right. And like I always say, I want to see you in heaven with me and I'm out.